At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to look deeper into 1 Peter, tuning into our current series, Unshakable, Steadfast Hope in an Unpredictable World. Join us as we allow God's Word to shape us and renew our hope with the brilliant truth of the gospel. Amen. <laughs> I'll bet we could just hang out here all day and talk about how good God has been to every single one of us. Well, I'm excited about the word today. It's an awesome word. And um, it's, uh, it's such a good word that I, had, a, I had, to pack, had to pack my suitcase today and get it all in. <laughs> so there's some goodies in here we'll look at in just a little bit. Um, let's open in prayer. Because I believe that God has a plan for every one of us. Today, you know, is a day that he's made. And, uh, wow, we just, we just don't want to miss anything that God has for every single one of us. You're so precious to him that he wants to bring a word that um, inflames our hearts with a passion to live every day with a, a sure a footedness and awareness that his eyes are upon us and that he's watching us even this morning to see how we are responding to his word. So, Lord God, we cry out to you right now that you would just speak to every single one of us like only you can. You spoke this entire earth into being, and today you still want to do that creative work of speaking life into each one of us. So we thank you and praise you ahead of time knowing that that is your will and that is what you will accomplish as we open our hearts to you like never before. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, two weeks ago, uh, Brother Bill opened up with Jesus is our living hope. And that was an amazing message. And it causes us to live as exiles outside of the perfection that we know should be. And at the same time, uh, it gives us uh, such a hope that we can live everyday life you know, in a way that is different because we know what's in the future. And then Pastor Dan shared about future grace that transforms our conduct today because we know that God's going to provide everything that we have need of. His grace, His influence is upon us. And because of that, our lives are changed. And today what we're going to look at is a simple phrase, love is a verb. Everybody say, love is a verb. Love is a verb. It sure is. It's a spiritual force of who God himself is. God is love. And God is active. And he's active in our lives. Because we have experienced God, or maybe because we have experienced love, we can say we have experienced God. And that's powerful. That is very powerful in every one of our lives. I will never forget this sweet little um, middle schooler. Yeah, he was this tall. And uh, he came into my room, and I didn't, he wasn't one of my students, but um, we had a relationship. And he came into my room, and he said, uh, Dr. Chalufa, I got I to gotta share something with you. And his eyes were huge. And I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be good. So his name was Joey. I said, Joey, what, what, what is it? He goes, it happened. Okay, Joey, what happened? He goes, I can't believe it, but it actually happened today. And I said, okay, you're going to tell me what it is? And he goes, I was walking down the hall, and I was just like, I was just walking. 
okay, Joey, let's get to the point. He goes, and she was coming toward me. And I looked at her. And then it happened. She looked at me. And it's like, what? It happened? He goes, it happened. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Next day he came in and he said, I did it. I said, what? He goes, it happened again. Except this time, it was totally an accident. But her hand touched this hand. I'm not washing it all day long. <laughs> he had tasted of something that he had not experienced before. It was this initiation into romance and into love. And he said, and I'll tell you what, the kid was never the same the rest of the year. He was like totally wrecked by this love. I remember one day I delivered a painting to somebody's house and uh, I knocked on the door and this little couple came to the door. They're about this tall, all dressed in black and they spoke broken English and they opened the door and she says, oh, just come on in, come in, come in, have some coffee. And I smelled that house and it put me right back to my grandma and grandpa's house. Four grandparents, they all smelled the same. There's a mixture of garlic and all these other wonderful things that filled that house. I had tasted and I had seen that that food was good. And when I walked in that door, she set me down. She made coffee like grandma and I ate her cookies. I had tasted and seen and it just ministered to me because my grandparents had been gone. But to taste and see, and the scripture tells us that we are to taste and see that the Lord is good. That's amazing. Let's take a, a look at our scripture here. We are looking in our series. Uh, it's titled Unshakable. And there's something about love that is unshakable. When I say love, you think God. When I say God, you think love. Because he is unshakable. And when we experience his love, our lives begin to be unshakable in these troublous times. People are polarized with, you know, politics and, and personal opinions are, are reigning in, in people's own minds. And, and none of that has any stability about it. God is our stability. Let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 22. Very beautiful portion of scripture. It says, having purified our souls, okay, your souls by your obedience to the truth for the sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God, all flesh is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fail. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And his word is the good news that was preached to you. Hey, this is an amazing portion of scripture. In the beginning in verse 22, it says that uh, we are to love earnestly. And there's a brand of love that it's talking about here. He's talking about brotherly love. It's a love that we just have in a brotherly kind of a way. But then he goes on and he uses another word for love, and it's agape. That is God's love flowing through us. So to love earnestly here means to love without stopping. It's a pure love. 
It's something that goes on and on and on. It's, it's unmixed, it's unblended, and it is, has God's motives behind it. That sounds pretty lofty. Can we really love that way? I mean, just look around you. Look at the people next to you. Look at the people you came in a car with. Have you always loved them to the same intensity, the same way, or have they annoyed you from time to time? Turn to the person next to you and say, you have annoyed, no, don't do that. But it has happened. <laughs> it has definitely happened. People say things like, well, I love you. I just don't like you. <laughs> How does that work? You know, I, I, I think it's maybe an excuse. Verse 23, since you have been born again, you have experienced God's love. I hope everybody in this room and on Facebook has experienced God's love. We learn when we're little children, we sing the song, Jesus loves me. You know, and I hear my students, high school kids, and say, yeah, 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 I've heard God loves us. God loves us all. But have you experienced that love? A love that envelops you. A love that tells you that you are okay. Because don't we as frail humans wake up and wonder if we're really okay? Am I okay? Right? Am I, am I worthy? Uh, the answer is no. But according to God's design and his plan for your life, yes, by the blood of Christ. And I think every single one of us, you know, we go through the routines of life, we get in a pattern. COVID comes and, and we still go through, through life, right? And we're so hurried sometimes, we don't stop to experience God's love. And I know that for every single one of us in this room, there is more of God's love that he wants to shower down upon us. And today, the thing I'm excited about today is that there is a way, there's some positioning we can do of ourselves so that we are in a place where we get to experience God's love in a brand new way. I'll never forget, um, I was working at a youth camp and this mom came, she had like seven kids. She dropped all of her kids off and she was so glad to drop her kids off. Now, did she love them? Yeah, but mama needed a break. And she dropped her kids off and she said this, I am gonna go home and I am gonna let the grace of God just fall all over me. <laughs> she was going to go home and find her special place with God, with nobody around. And isn't that the way it's going to be one day for you and I? It's going to be you and the Lord. And we won't have an excuse for any reason why we didn't hit the mark. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. So we've experienced his love. Verse 23, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. His living and abiding word. I love that. There's nothing that can halt his word from coming into our lives and that love from permeating who we are. And this next, per, this next verse 24 it says, all flesh is like grass. Have you ever thought about that? All flesh is like grass, and it's glory like the flower of grass. 
the grass withers and the flower falls. You know, you get older and you need to visit doctors a little more often. It just seems things come up, right? If it's not your knee, it's your back, or it's this, or yeah, it's something. You got a million parts here. Something's going to start to fall apart. So I, um, I told Chris, because I'm around young people all the time, right? And it's like, you know, I, I think I need to hang around some older people. Just so I can like, like, how you doing at 69 or 70? How, what's, you know, just so I can maybe feel like I'm okay, right? So I go to the doctor, <laughs> and this car pulls up, and this guy's trying to get out of the car, you know? <laughs> he, can't, he can't get out of the seat. Then he gets, his wife helps him. He's got a walker. I go inside, and there's somebody else, you know, shuffling along. And I go, oh my gosh, I do not need to be around old people anymore. <laughs> Because it looks like where I'm headed. All, all flesh is like the grass of the earth. And it fades away. We're fading away right now. I mean, you look great. But you probably won't look this good tomorrow because you'll be another day older. It just happens to us. Right? And so God wants us to number our days. And get that most important thing to be that most important thing. It's really cool. I love this portion because back in verse 21, uh, I'm sorry, verse 22, it says we are to love sincerely. So let's see what we have here. To love sincere. And the word sincere means without wax. And the idea is that, um, here's a, this was a beautiful pot but it, it broke in the, um, in the firing. So listen to this pot. There's a crack in this pot, right? Here, listen to this one. See, that's, that's got a much higher pitch, right? This is a crack pot. This one is not. And what the, what the uh, early potters would do in the first century is they would take a pot that had a crack in it and they would smear wax in it. And they'd get that wax nice and hard so when you hit it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't rattle with that little bit of a crack. But that's not sincere. So they have to cover it up. And sometimes our love isn't a sincere love. And we're admonished here in this portion that our love should be completely sincere. And so we're challenged by love. We really are challenged by love. Verse 25 says, and God wants to remove all of the insincerity, right? So that our love is pure toward one another. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this is the word. It is the good news that was preached to you. And that is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It is that God quickens his word to us and that we become brand new creatures in Christ because his word is alive. We begin to be born again. We are born again. So that the scripture literally says, no, no man after the flesh. But that we are brand new creatures in Christ. And the new thing about us is that we have experienced God's love. And that he begins to let that brotherly love and the agape love live inside of us in a brand new way. So that we find ourselves loving people like never before. We find ourselves living our lives selflessly. And I, you know, we are all selfish. 
to just be like totally honest. We have our own interests. But the scripture is clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creature. And I've heard it said this way, that Christians are a whole new race of people. Right? We're a whole new race of people. By the first Adam, right, we're born sinners, but we're born again, and we have a brand new DNA that is the DNA of our Heavenly Father. We begin to look more like Him. We begin to take after Him. We follow Him. We experience His love. And just like Joey, the seventh grader, whose hand touched a girl's hand, he was transformed. Something was triggered. He tasted and he saw that love is something that he wanted to experience. And so we have that opportunity in this day to experience God's love in a whole new way. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8 says, Let each of you not only look, not only to his own interest, but to the interest of others. All right? So we shouldn't care as much about our own interests as we do about the interests of others. I have a friend here today, Harry's back there. Harry's the beautiful, hairy guy with a gorgeous head of hair. And this man has lived a life in the military, putting himself in danger, jumping out of helicopters, doing all kinds of other things because he was living for the greater good. That is a passion that is a care, that's a mission in life that every one of us are to have as Christians because we are a new race. We're a new group of people born again to live like Jesus Christ did. And I think living this way every day is so exciting because we get to give. Listen to Philippians 2, 4 through 8. Let, every, let each of you Look not on his own interests, but on the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though, and this is Jesus, our pattern, who though he was in the form of God, he didn't think or count it uh, equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he wasn't holding on to his position, his status as God, right? I overheard a conversation the other day. I heard a person say to another person, you can't talk to anybody like that, especially me. What? That's not the attitude of Christ. People talk to Jesus any way they wanted to. And he let them. Where were his rights? He was here as a humble servant, always on the job for what was good. For somebody else. I think that's amazing. I love that pattern. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient. Everybody say obedient. 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 That is such a crazy, cool, wonderful, liberating word when you have the love of God in you. Because then you can obey whatever he calls you to because you know it comes from a place of love and it will, uh, it will prolificate that love. It'll multiply that love. He was obedient to the death. 
even the death of the cross. Uh, Chris and I are coming up on uh, our 50th wedding anniversary. Isn't that crazy? I know. And we dated five years before that. It's like, what? <laughs> it's so cool. So I thought, you know, we, we really need to do something. Let's, um, we need to buy a little something because this, this is a big deal, right? I mean, I'm so blessed. She's so blessed. <laughs> we are so blessed. Because, you know, it's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It just is. If any of you know, no, you didn't know me before I was saved. It's a miracle, okay? So we went shopping and we bought inexpensive rings. I thought, you know, it's, it's a ring. We had a ring the first time, you know, ring 50 years later. It's, it's a little thing and it's a constant reminder. It's such a cool thing. So we came home and I went out, I cut the grass, I'm on my mower and I got my headphones out, I'm listening to this song and the singer is singing about, I want to go through the purifier's fire, I want the refiner's fire in my life and I'm going, yes, I want to be refined for Jesus. So I came in the house and um, she said, oh no, I go, what, what? She goes, I lost the ring. We had just bought the ring, she lost the ring. Hers is like four times the cost of mine. Still wasn't a lot of money. She lost the ring. And I, so I tried to make light and go, well, you know, it's okay. It doesn't matter. And she's like, it does matter. She didn't say that, but, you know, my words were not just perfect in that moment. And I'm thinking, dude, you just got off the lawnmower. <laughs> you just heard the song. I want the refiner's fire. And I'm going, this is the fire. This, I'm in the fire. I'm in the furnace. This has got to work. I got to share this tomorrow. I got to walk it out today. So I, I went into, you know, my Jesus mode. Take upon you the form of a servant. Be obedient. Okay, okay, okay. Holy Spirit, speak. Where's the ring? <laughs> it's, no, it's not about that. It's about how do you respond? So I put Jesus on, you know, in my heart. I want to be clothed upon with him. And it's like, okay, well, let's retrace our steps. Did you blah, 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 blah? Did you blah, 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 blah? So we went through all the steps, and then I said, you know, let's pray. So we prayed. And um, I went through the laundry, and I found it in the laundry. But before I found it in the laundry, I was the guy under the sink taking all the plumbing apart. <laughs> I was dying. I was being crucified because, you know, I paid a plumber to put this in and I don't know what I'm doing. So I looked at it. It, was, it wasn't hard at all. So I unscrewed all the pipes and, I, you know, hand and guard, all this stuff. And God came through. And I was so thankful. I was so thankful that I, you know, responded to the word I'm supposed to share with you today. Because how can you share something if you don't live it, right? We've got to be living these things out. It was really, it was really a, a wonderful, fun experience and we rejoice in that you know we learn by seeing somebody else do something we saw jesus come as a servant we look at the heroes of scripture and we see their lives as a pattern jesus we saw him and then you know uh he demonstrated for us he said look this is how you do this and then he sent others to demonstrate and then he says do you want to join the team do you want to live this extremely fulfilling life? Then I'll tell you what, I will come and I will live inside of you and we can do this together. We can be co-laborers in spreading the love of God to the entire world. And so that's what a Christian is. It is a person made of dust 
animated dust, hydrated dust with a living God inside of us. His breath is in our lungs until the time of our dehydration. And after that, we live forever with whatever we've accomplished by the grace of God. So there's an expiration date. And today's the day of salvation. We get, we get the privilege and honor of being the ambassadors of God's love in our community. That's good news. We get to do this. And it's not like us doing it. Because I got a feeling that some of us could try really hard and do some really good stuff. Doesn't count. God's got a way for us to be his ambassadors by him filling us up. A lot of times, you know, we come to church. We took communion today. We tasted and saw that grape juice and a wafer is good. It's the symbolism that matters, right? And after church today, who is going to pass out little treats for everybody? What's her name? Neva. Neva. <laughs> and you will... Taste and you will see. Your eyes will be enlightened that it is a good thing, okay? But let me demonstrate something. These are fabulous. These are so good. Now, let's pretend it's the Bible, okay? Because we read the Bible, so I'm going to read the box. Let's pretend it's the Bible. And when I say an ingredient, whether you like it or not, give me an amen. Like, ooh, good word, okay? We'll just, we'll do this, okay? You're going to help me out here? Okay, good. Okay, here we go. Ingredients. Whole grain. Yeah. Oh, whole grain. Come on. Give me some of that. Flour. Woohoo! Flour. What do we got? Canola oil. Yeah. Oh, right out of the earth. Canola oil. Love it. Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Rot your teeth. Okay, I go through this whole thing. <laughs> you guys are so good. <laughs> and we get all excited because look, look at this. We read it. We read it. It's awesome. It's like, mmm, God's word. Good stuff. He says, taste and see. So today, we can't, we can't just hear this word. We want to get ourselves in a place where we can taste the word. How does that work? How do you taste the word, right? How do we do that? We have to get the message, but then we need to let the message get us. What good is it? I mean, I would like for you today to say, oh, that was a good word. But it doesn't matter if you don't eat it. Get the word, but let the word get you. Let me just ask you a question. Do you think there's room in your life to grow in love? Let me see your hand. Yeah, there is. And today, God's going to show us how we can grow in that love. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus said this in John 13, 36. He said, by this, all people, Algonac, Marine City, St. Clair, New Baltimore, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have his kind of love, for one another. I mean, I love some of you because you have great sense of humor. I love some of you because you have a servant heart. I love some of you because you have engineering skills that blow my mind. But to love you because God loves you and to see who you are in Christ by his creation, that is amazing. 
There's all kinds of love in our Western culture. There's erotic love. You see it everywhere on television, right? You see it in movies. You see it in the way people, you see it in marketing, right? But, and there's also sentimental love, right? Which is, there's a place for all kinds of love as God has created it within his parameters. But the love he's talking about here is an authentic brotherly love who sees Jesus in one another. That's amazing. You know, where is God? Well, he's right there, my brother. He's right over here in Kevin, especially Kevin. Because didn't you have a heart attack? And you are doing awesome? See Jesus. It's his healing hand. It's amazing. Right? I mean, just think for a minute. Look at the person next to you and say, I see Jesus. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's so beautiful. Listen, I couldn't teach if this wasn't true. Because I have some kids that from time to time really present a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and I have to say, Lord, help me. Where? What? Why did you make this person <laughs> take my class, right? And God has to show me his incredible love, his incredible love. Love is, and when you, when you experience God's love and you realize, oh my gosh, when you realize that you maybe don't love somebody the way God does, you're an enemy of God to some degree because he loves them and you don't. That means you don't agree with God. I've noticed when people annoy me that there's something wrong with my love factor you notice Jesus seemingly was never annoyed. He was troubled, but he wasn't like irritable, you know. So we want to have God's love. We want to, we want to be over. And you know, when you get that love, and there are days when, you know, it's just amazing. You walk through the mall and you look at people and you just start praying for people. It's like, oh man, God loves you. I'm going to love you. I don't know you, but I'm going to love God's purpose for your life. Lord, touch him. I find myself waking up at three in the morning, two in the morning, with people on my heart that I haven't even talked to for years, just praying and interceding for them because God loves them. People who have done us wrong and you begin to pray because God loves them. You know, the gospel is pretty radical stuff. Love your enemies. Go in peace. Love your enemies. Okay, have a nice day. How do you do that without God, right? They nailed this hand. They nailed that hand. Right? And his feet. And what's his response? Ouch. Cut it out. You know, I made you. I could zap you right now. No. Stephen getting stoned. It's Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What about the brethren? What about the sisters? What about the family members who put you in prison? What does Joseph say? What, is it, what do the Psalms say? They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. We don't have a problem today. They cannot be solved by comprehending God's love, God's love for each one of us. It's amazing. We're loving family and church, and the lost souls that are out there need to be apprehended by our love for one another. This is a powerhouse of God's love. Secondly, we want to look at how we grow up and love. First uh, Peter chapter 2, starting chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Let newborn infants 
Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I just got to say, if you have tasted that the Lord is good, then you will want the sincere milk. Now notice he doesn't say the meat of God's word. He doesn't say the heavy, deep revelations. He says the milk. Because as a Christian, the older I get, and hopefully I'm maturing, the more I realize that I'm like an infant who needs milk. Who needs, as a humble, I need to be that humble person. The one who cannot take care of himself. The one who is totally dependent on God. Because he is my source of all things. And it says here uh, that we are to put away. And that's a very interesting word. Put away. It means to disrobe, take it off. Take it off as something that is filthy. And he tells us to take off malice. That's hostility and evil intent, deceit. You know, the research shows that nobody has to be taught how to lie. As a matter of fact, when they're studying children, children who learn how to lie earlier in life uh, uh, show a higher propensity for intelligence. They've already figured out the system and how to get around using language. Hypocrisy. Envy. Envy. Envy is really a slap in God's face. It's unthankfulness for how God has blessed us. It's based on the fact that, you know, we think that we should have what somebody else has. And, you know, God's given each of us what he wants us to have, right? For example, you know, from my perspective, being tall is way overrated. <laughs> Why would I want to be tall, right? That's where the cobwebs are, right? Right? And having a lot of hair, what an unnecessary thing, right? I mean, enough is enough. This is okay, except for Larry... Uh, Yes, <laughs> he's the guy with the gorgeous hair, right? So, I mean, we need to come to that place where it's like, you know, if you're thin, fine. If you're not, cool, go with it, roll with it, whatever. God's got a plan for our lives. And we don't want to want what somebody else has. It's bad. Slander? He says, put away slander. When we slander somebody, and you know what? You don't have to use words. I was in a group of people the other day. They were all talking. And one lady looked at me and she went, he totally dissed the lady over here who was talking that couldn't see her. Give me that look. These things are spiritual things that they kind of have like a fragrance and they kind of seep out of our spirit with our words and our attitudes from time to time. God wants us to put those things away. We don't want to agree with the accuser of the brethren. Am I good enough? The answer is no. But the answer is yes in Christ. To really love others, we have to put away certain things in our own heart. And as I was going through this message, I realized that a lot of this has to do with one issue, identity. Why do we slander? Why do we use deceit? We try to protect our image. We try to look better than we really are or as good as we wish we were. Why do we have contentions? It's because we think somebody is dissing us or that... You know, we're not, we're not what we should be. And so, therefore, we have these contentions and we don't love in a very pure way. But when God's love comes into our lives, it's this, it's this force that is um, kind of a, an instinctive thing, a reflexive spiritual power that causes us to truly love everybody. 
the way God does. And you may know of some hard-to-love people. The only reason they're hard for you to love is because you're not God. And you don't have his perspective on that person just yet. I am finding that true love, like, that, like the pure milk you know, that a child should want, comes with vulnerability. There's something beautiful going on right now uh, in my classes, and it's totally God doing it. Kids are making themselves, a child shall lead them, making themselves vulnerable. I had a conversation with a couple of kids and they said, you know, they have to share their, the, a truth in class. And, and one kid said, I'm going to share about the time that I was vaping and I got caught. Another kid said, I'm going to share about the time I vandalized the bathroom and how God has changed my life. These guys are talking about their dirt. And they're saying, and this is what he literally said, we would not be where we are today if we hadn't gotten busted. And I thought, that is so good. I got busted yesterday when I didn't want to be nice because what I just paid for got lost. I got busted. How about you? Wouldn't it be good to get busted today? This is good stuff. Wouldn't it be great? For you today to realize, I don't love the way I should. I have resentment. I'm holding a grudge. I said I forgave. But from my heart, I still got some junk in there. Right? Wouldn't that be cool today? What if we did that today? What if that happened? What if the Holy Spirit just moved among you like that? Right? Here's the other thing that happens. Another girl. We're studying Philemon. And they got to do their project their own way. You bring your message, honey. I said, you can sing. She goes, yeah, I know. I said, I think God wants you to write a song. She says, I'm afraid to stand up in front of people. I said, I am too. I hate talking in front of people. <laughs> I'm serious. Totally serious. What if you don't like me? <laughs> right? So contrary to love. You know, it's like, who cares? We're here for the greater good. So she wrote this song. We wheeled the piano in. She started playing it. You know what happened? She repented of her, of her what? Her lack of trusting God to bring his anointing on her life. Kids were bawling their eyes out in class. The boys. Because she wrote a song about forgiveness. My words that went out, some of the lyrics, they were harmful. It wasn't pure love, right? And I, I invite you today to get vulnerable before God. If God is love and we are who we are by his design, the only thing that's going to work, the only thing that is going to work in us to bring us to that place, to be more like Jesus Christ, is his love flowing through us. You know, I mean... It's just the way life is. It's who we are. God wants to move in us in a beautiful way. And I, I remember a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. And, you know, he talked about in the day that Spurgeon wrote his sermons, there was no anesthetic. And he tells of a doctor who is doing surgery, who comes with a scalpel. The word of the Lord is like the sword of the spirit. The word literally means knife. And some have taken it to mean a knife that does circumcision of heart. 
And he wrote and he said that when the surgeon is sticking that knife into his patient, the patient rails on the doctor and he uses foul language and he curses him and the doctor is steady with his knife to cut away the thing that will kill that man. He endures. Now, if you don't want God to do surgery today, I mean, that's, that's up to you. And if you want him to, but you don't like the idea, and you have a complaint, be vulnerable. Just be real. Because God loves you so much that he's willing to put up with any tan temper tantrum we might have because he knows in the end it, he wants to breathe on your giftedness like my student who wrote a song and sang it and brought life to everybody else. Put down our inhibitions because we are God's creation, being created in him to do good works that he has before ordained for us to walk in. And the good works that we are to walk in doesn't matter what it is. It's the good works he's called you to walk in as an individual. But it's the love that is felt behind that that is going to reach our community. I'd like to just ask today, you know, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, that's great. That's really awesome. But there is something else. There's this whole issue of growing up. Really, growing up. You know, not just growing old, but growing up. And, and growing in love is what is going to really satisfy you. Bless everybody around you. There's nothing like living a life that uh, is a life of servanthood. And you may end up emptying yourself you know, of some of those nasty things, whatever it is that keeps you back, so that you can enter into the joy of the Lord. There's just nothing like it. I love Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant unto you, this is a prayer, according to the riches of his glory, his glory coming to you, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. And that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of what? What? And to know the love of Christ which surpasses understanding so that you can grow up and be filled with the fullness of God. Don't try harder. We tend to do that. Instead of being vulnerable and weak, we tend to try harder. So the plea today is that we would surrender to the love of God this morning. Amen? Oh, man, I'm so excited for you to have these experiences. May you cut the grass. May you have a revelation, the fiery furnace. May you walk in the furnace, woo, with Jesus with you and in you. So his truth, you know, just spreads his love around. Amen. So let's have our musicians come. And I love their ministry. And let's... Um, I'm going to pray for us. The rest of Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, And unto him who is able, let's stand together, unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, <laughs> above all that we ask or think, according to the power 
that works in us. We've got the power of God, his love. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages. This world needs to see the love of Jesus and they need to see it through you and I. Amen? Father God, pour out today, I pray. May each of us be excited to walk as you walked. May we lay our lives down and may we be obedient. Obedient. Your disciples, when you told them you were going to leave and you send the comforter, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How are we going to know? How are we going to know that you've sent this comforter? And Lord, you said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my law of the spirit of life in Christ. And we will manifest ourselves to you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come into our lives and change us and cause us to grow up and cause us to walk away from our infantile immaturity where we try to defend our identity when our new identity is founded in you. May we be your anointed ambassadors filled with love and passion to reach out to everybody we come in contact with. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.